This episode is brought to you by Sierra Whiskey Co. They're the only company making underwear specifically designed for warfighters in the 2A community. Their under-tack underwear with a quick release AmbiFly makes it easy to unzip, flip wherever you're in full kit. <laughs> I guess that's so you can just whip it out and pee, fellas. No, either way, these things are good. The vent in the front is not uh, supposed to go to the back, fellas. It is for the front, and it does make it super easy when you got to take a piss in full kit. Guys, going over to sierrawhiskeyco.com. That's S-I-E-R-R-A whiskeycode.com. Type in TSI10 for 10% off anything they have. Secure your junk. Mission accomplished. Sierra Whiskey Co. Check them out. Welcome back to the TSI Podcast. This is episode number 14. And part two was we continue our discussion, uh, the TSI response to the BLM movement. Uh, this is more deals with the law enforcement side of things. Hope you guys enjoy this one. All right, so switching gears, not necessarily switching gears, but we're transitioning over from the Christian community uh, into, into more of a, a secular mindset. So this is the, the law enforcement, I won't even say military community, because, but it, you know, they still kind of fall in this. I saw a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, National Guard units getting on their knees before the protesters, and I'm just going to let you all know what I've, I heard somebody else say. Uh, I'm going to get on my knees before – actually, Donald Trump might have said it, as a matter of fact. I'm gonna, uh, I'll only get on my knees before God Almighty. So if, if we want to take a knee and pray together – True statement. True statement, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If, if, if we, if we want to take a knee and pray together, that's one thing. But don't expect me or really – I haven't talked with anybody I know – to get on our knees in, in front of a mob to show uh, – to show submission, submission to, yeah. to this mob. No, piss on you for that. We will not do that. I get on my knees before God Almighty, Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ alone. All right, so with that being said, we'll say military I'll, military I'll, community I'll, I'll, for I'll, that. I'll, I'll say this real quick. If you're in the presence of God, you really ain't going to have a choice anyway. <laughs> you're you're, you're going you're you're gonna gonna to be on your knees. knees. Yeah, you're you're gonna, you'll be on your knees. It's not going to be like, hey, let's think about this, guys. No, you're going to be on your face. Hey, blue, blue-haired chick who doesn't believe in God, blue-haired college chick that hey, doesn't listen to us, gonna be all zero face. of them that listen to us, <laughs> you're going to be on your knees. That's right. That's right. We might, we might next time there might only be five people. We might lose a listener after this. Yeah, you – yeah, we average we average about three fifty listens per episode. We've got yeah. about what about twenty five hundred listeners, thirty five hundred listeners total. Oh, 4,000 yeah. total. Yeah. So we're actually doing better than you said, Harley. That's it doesn't saying. count the fact Jer- that. Jared has told us if we get to 5,000 listeners, he'll stop paying us in full moon barbecue. <laughs> Which <laughs> is get, delicious. Please get us to 5,000 listeners. It is terrible. I'm so, sorry. So, so we can start eating Milo's. <laughs> Milo's chicken fingers. Like, please. You got you and Milo's or steak out, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants some so, steak tips? <laughs> so. So transition to law enforcement because y'all are making fun of me now and I don't like it. Reeves is not here. <laughs> it's because um, he's quiet. Reeves, right. poor Reeves. Um, you guys want this house? <laughs> <laughs> As we transition into, into into law enforcement, the one thing I want to segue with, and then I'll, I'll let y'all take off with it because I know y'all are pretty passionate about this. Um, the biggest thing with the law enforcement community, even the military community, what, that, that I hear a lot of times is, oh, sheep, all the sheep, all, all you sheep always following, you know, everybody following. And, and you hear that a lot out of our community. But I'm going to be honest with you guys. I think that our community, us, we, are the biggest group of sheep there is. You want to know why? Because I can't tell you in how many places around this nation over the last three months, and all of us at this table have been talking about it, talked with, with, about it uh, with a lot of other buddies within the community. I can't tell you how many times I've heard, man, look, dude, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to have to write this business. I got I to write you a ticket. I got to write this business a ticket I, because, they're, because they're trying to stay open amidst this COVID-19 thing. I've got, I've got to do it. It's my job. I don't like it. Uh, you're not going to show me your ID. I've got to arrest you because it's my job. So what do we do? We Because the powers that be, the mayor, the chief, the sheriff, the district attorney, all these flipping – I was going to say pussies again. Well, I already said it. So all these flipping pussies who ain't going to go out and, and get anybody on their own. They're telling us to go – they're telling us to go and criminalize non-criminals. But what happens – when criminals start doing things, throwing bricks through windows, lighting cars on fire, or heck, even guys that you've put in jail 
All right, just talking to a couple buddies up at NYPD uh, a couple weeks ago. Guys they put in jail that are now running free. What do we say? Man, I was told to stand down. I I would have done something. I could have done something, but I was told to stand down. That is the biggest sheep move there is. So that's what I'll segue into it with. You know, are we the bigger group of sheep? Uh, I would say yes to an extent because um, we are sworn to uphold stuff, right? The Constitution, all that kind of stuff. Um, however, the laws that are being – or they're not even laws because the mask law is not passed by a legislator. Yeah, it's not a law. It's just right. a suggestion it's, it's at mandate. best. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's certain things you can and can't do. And for me – I've been in law enforcement for 13 years. I'll quit before that happens. Like, just that's who I am. Because I don't want somebody else telling me what to do all the time. If I'm not doing anything, I don't want to enforce that on somebody else either. Mm-hmm. Ronnie. <laughs> Use your words. <laughs> I'm, this... In, in my this whole this whole thing is, I mean, it's crazy to me. And going going back to what you're saying, like I was watching a video yesterday, and there was there was a guy, there was a protester in New York City, and he actually came up and he hit New York police officers, assaulted them with some type. It was either a shovel handle or a broom handle, and there and it's not like he just hit him in the head. They're bleeding. One of the guys like had some type of injury to his eye, or whatever, and they find they found the guy and they arrested him, and that guy signature bonded out on like four assault charges, and so I, t- to be honest with you, there's a lot of frustration all the way around because like you're saying, it's if you go and you enforce a mass law or you enforce a some type of um, health department law that that demands that somebody shut their business down, like that, like that's that's a power bill, or that's food out of the pantry, or you know that's gas money, or you know that's money to pay a mortgage, and stuff like that. And so I don't really think that you can regulate or put a law on what people, what calculated risk people are willing to take in order to, like I said, keep their bills paid up or keep their family fed or something like that. I really, once you start getting into that realm, I think that it's, you know, that it's more of a, I just don't think that you can regulate that. You know, if it's if it's a matter of, hey, man, if I can't keep my business open, then, you know, th- then my family's going to starve. And so I don't, I, don't see how you, I don't see how you regulate that or tell people not to do that. Well, you can't, but I've also heard law enforcement officials or not just officials, but police officers, say, I wish that this would carry on because it makes us easier, like it makes our job easier because we're not sitting here having to deal with all these different problems. I'm like, yeah, but you have a full-time job in the government, and it's going to be there regardless, right? The guy that you're citing or the woman you're citing, they still have to freaking make a living for their family. They still have to provide food gas and everything else got to keep the doors open for their customers all these big businesses like that like walmart lowe's home depot you know all the basic things they're that's super easy like they're open the barber shops the small restaurants you know little hardware stores they're having the they're the ones being fine they're the ones being you know i can't think of the word criminalized i mean you're criminalizing non-criminals due to with, right. with without laws just with with mandates right and the only ones who are who are enforcing those only ones who can enforce them the sheriff any elected sheriff is not getting 90 percent of the time your elective sheriff has never worked a beat in his life he's not a real law enforcement officer say hey, big surprise guys it's very rare when you have a sheriff who is a law enforcement officer it's very rare when you have a u.s marshal right the 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 official marshal not deputy marshals who is a real law enforcement officer. It's very rare that you have a police chief or anybody like that who is a real law enforcement officer. Especially nowadays, uh, that's going away. The, the chief who worked 30 years as a, as a beat cop uh, in our area, let's say in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, the chief who worked 30 years as a beat cop in Birmingham, Alabama and has now been a police chief for the last 10 years, 
that that is becoming more and more rare it seems oh, yeah. like yeah um it's the same thing with the military guys the lieutenant who has any sort of combat experience we all know doesn't exist why because they get out of college and they're pretty much a lieutenant in the army or wherever it is so you've got guys who are under them in rank who also might hold a degree, which is really the only thing that separates officer from from enlisted, is the fact that officer will have a, a degree. But a lot of enlisted people in the military have a degree now. Uh, you'll have people with a lot more experience, but yet they're they're lower in rank uh, simply because of the way the system's set up. And you're seeing that now happen in law yeah, enforcement more often. Exactly than not. what's happening in law enforcement, regardless of where I work at. But it's more based on, you know, do you have a degree? as opposed to your life experience. I joined the Army at 18, right before 9-11 happened. So I didn't have the opportunity to go to college right away because I was deployed, you know, five out of, I think, 11 years, I guess, what it was. So every time I came home, started school, left again. Yeah. However, that experience doesn't equate to promotions and all that kind of stuff in the law Mm -hmm. enforcement realm. No, simply your ability to test. And right. I think that's a lot of what's coming back to bite our community uh, right now because what are you having? You're having a lot of bad shoots. You're having a lot of things where it's like, all right, are we really are we really hunting down real criminals? What's the what's the deal that's going on here? And, and so it's turning into a lot of bad things because you have the wrong guys for the job. Oftentimes you have the wrong leadership for the job. We'll go as far as saying district attorneys. I'm not an attorney. But the simple fact that a district attorney is a law enforcement officer, they're law enforcement officers, right? Your prosecutor is a law enforcement officer. The simple fact that those guys can be law enforcement officers without have ever worked a beat, without have ever being in any sort of law enforcement training, because I do a lot of training for a lot of these guys, and there are a lot of them that are good guys, but the fact is is they don't know what it's like being a law enforcement officer, which, which would change probably how they respond a lot of times let's say that chump over in georgia who just indicted this officer who by the way was a great shoot everything that you can see about that video the officer was professional yep all the way up until the point that he had to he had to shoot the guy and he got a taser shot at his face his buddy got tapped. i mean you just watch the video it doesn't matter watch the video it was a good shoot as good as anything we've seen and what happens he gets is it 11 indictments is that how many indictments Uh, he had i believe so yeah I think it was yeah, 11, 10 like or 11, that. yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was a pile of them, right? I think it was 11 indictments um, against him in in that case where he was he was defended, he was defending his life, defending his buddy's life, and he's trying to arrest somebody who had broken the law. Now, we could get into a bunch of things on should or shouldn't it be the law. The fact of the matter is, is it was the law. Um, well, so I've heard, you know, people in my circles and friends I talk to and all this kind of stuff like why not just let the guy go like just you know everything was done I'm like so when you start suing police officers and agencies and everything else for certain things if they let that man go and he still had a taser we don't know you know because you could still use it to drive stone somebody right oh yeah 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 so it's still a deadly weapon at that point in time. Oh, yeah. He could go do a, a long list of things to anybody he wanted to. Yeah. So if you let that guy go and he goes and freaking hurts somebody else or kills somebody else or gets killed. Now you're liable. Now I'm liable. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you in law enforcement, we're stuck at this point in time, in my personal opinion, in a lose-lose situation. No. And, I mean, that, that goes back to the uh, – that goes back to enforcing the, uh, you know, whatever the hell thing is that came out of – Montgomery, that goes back to you're going to put law enforcement law enforcement officers in a bad position because Kay Ivey is never going to have to go into a business and say you need to shut this thing down because of COVID-19. Right. That's going to be a law enforcement. That's going to be a law enforcement officer's job, and you're going to keep villainizing law enforcement officers yep. if you put them in those bad positions. Yeah. If you go in there and you're like, hey, you need to shut this thing down, and some guy's like, look, I got to keep it open because I got to keep, I got to feed my family. He's like, well, I'm going to have to write you this citation. Nobody's going to be like, you know what? I can't believe KIB would do this. They're going to be like, I can't believe that Officer Smith with blah blah blah. You're the you're the face of the enforcement. Yep. Citation. Yep. And that's another thing. Whenever we're talking about legislation, and whenever we're talking about people making laws, you have to understand that police officers don't make any of the laws. 
police officers don't make any of the laws. It is their job to to carry those to enforce those laws. But you have people in Montgomery they're they're going to make those laws and they're going to say, "Yeah, subsection C, D, and E, those sound great. Go ahead and pass those and make those a law." They're never going to have to enforce them. Nobody that's ever going to jail is like, "Man, I can't believe that Greg Schultz made this DUI law, and now I have to go to jail on this DUI law. It's always going to be the police officer. You did this to me. You're the reason why this is happening to me. And people have to realize that, that that guy didn't make those laws. He's just there to enforce them. And if he doesn't enforce them, then he's still in trouble. No, 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 no. What? 100%. If he, like you're saying, if they would have let that guy go and he was intoxicated, which the blood toxicology came back, and correct me if I'm wrong, the blood toxicology came back and it showed that he was intoxicated. No, I I take that back. I think they had a shot of the PBT screen. And the PBT screen showed that he had a blood alcohol content above the legal limit. And so if he's running from the cops and they're chasing him and he turns around and tases them and... They don't do anything, and he runs out on the road and gets hit by a car. He's going to get sued anyway. Then, then his family, then the family can sue yeah. the law enforcement they're, officers. There's gonna, case law on that multiple yeah. times. Yeah, they're so, going to sue. They're going to sue him anyways. So we're so we're in a position in the law enforcement community, and I'll even say in the military community since they've been the National Guard at least has been deployed in areas where they've had to help with some of these riots and the civil unrest or whatever. So you're placed in. We're placed in a situation where it's kind of like, for lack of a better word, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? Yeah. Um, if 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 I don't do anything and this guy gets away and he kills somebody, I'm gonna want. I'm gonna be litigation man. There's some sort of litigation. Yep. I'm gonna. If I do do something and I wind up hurting this guy's feelings, of the and and I say that in in jest. Even go all the way to the point of killing him. He shot a taser at me, and I smoked him. Not, um, a, not not only that, I'd also like to point out that two weeks prior to that, Atlanta Police Department, were, they were involved in an incident where they tased two college students. And that same and, DA and, said and, a taser is a deadly weapon. 100%. Yeah. So how are you going to come back two weeks later and the guy gets into a shooting? And not only that, I, I mean, maybe I would feel more comfortable about an argument if it was like, well, he turned around and he was definitely aiming like below his belt. This guy's aiming at face level. That hits you in the face or that hits you in the eye. The law is is it causes death or serious bodily harm. Mm-hmm. That's that's the law for deadly force. Your taser certified too, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Death or serious bodily harm. And I know what your next question is. Your next question is this. Well, if tasers are deadly weapons, then why do police officers carry tasers? Because police officers are trained to use tasers in a way that's not going to injure or kill anybody. Okay? They're not... No, no police officer... No police officer is going to shoot someone in the face with a taser unless deadly force is authorized, authorized at that point. Nobody's going to that that is a whenever you go through taser training, that is a that is a no-go. You don't tase people in the face for active resistance, which is when you can use a taser. You don't tase people in the face. And so for him to turn around and have it at that level, that is serious bodily injury or deadly force at that point. You can't you can't charge a guy. So training so so training tells any, any law enforcement officer who's been through taser taser training tells when it's at face level even that's deadly force yeah. right there. I mean because that's kind of what you're trained to well, respond to. It as. It's the same thing as using like a baton. Like right. there's certain areas that you're you can and you're can't strike. To use a baton. Yeah. yeah, you can't strike somebody in the head unless deadly force is authorized. Yeah. So so it's so so again you know we're we're just we're in a position where we can't do something because we're going to get in trouble or put in jail. We or if we don't do something, we're going to get in trouble and put in jail. So the question I ask is, uh, when as law enforcement officers, we just sit and say, you know what, Mr. District Attorney, you could pound sand. You want to put our boy in jail? Go get him. Because I can tell you this, if we don't go and do I mean, that's why half Atlanta PD walked off the job or whatever. What happened? The city burned the ground. Look at look at it. Look at NYPD, yeah. right? Look yeah. at New York City. I got a buddy that lives there. He said, "Yeah, it's not it, it's not crazy bad, but he said it's in some areas it's like Beirut, because you got NYPD just in the groves, either retiring or leaving or whatever it is, or they're 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 you know, kicking them off the job. They're giving precincts. Look what happened in Seattle. They gave up a whole precinct, and look what took place in that little area of Chaz or whatever in two or three weeks. Uh." At what point in time do us as law enforcement officers say, you know what, our job, our our, our job, this paycheck isn't worth uh, the risk, or isn't worth the risk to my buddies? Because 
again, you you brought this up. Both of y'all brought this up a little bit earlier. One of the biggest things that we see is you've got a lot of people. I run a business right now, and and we have struggled through COVID. Though we struggled through the impeachment aspect because we do a lot of government contracts and right. the, the impeachment crap in November shut down a lot of government contracts. It started coming back around, and then all of a sudden COVID, and then riots, and now COVID again. And so we've struggled making it as a business. It's been very difficult for us as a business. Again, God is blessed. We're doing well, and I can't complain. We haven't struggled like some businesses, but I do see the struggle. Versus uh, buddies of mine who do work full-time for government who haven't seen that same struggle. At what point in time is it worth it to say, you know what, we might go through that struggle, but this is what has to be done for the right thing. I'll take it one more step further. All the statues that are coming down, you got cities bringing statues down and stuff like that. Uh, I, I was talking to a guy, and he did that's the, the work he did. He was a city worker, and that's what he did. He did like, you know, work jackhammer, saw, just basically construction type work, but for yeah. the city. He was working for the city. And at what point in time do those guys, who a lot of them don't agree with maybe statues coming down or whatever, just say, no, I'm dying on this hill. You want that statue down, Mr. Mayor? You can cut it down yourself. Because guess what wouldn't happen? That statue wouldn't get cut down. If it's left up to the politicians, if it's left up to the flipping district attorneys who are politicians, if it's left up to the chiefs, the mayors, the sheriffs who are also politicians, if it's left up to that group of clowns, and that's what they all are, most of them are a bunch of clowns, if it's left up to them to get anything done, nothing will happen. And and so that's that's kind of the point I've gotten to in talking with a lot of buddies, and it's like, is it is it worth it? Is it worth the risk of going to jail or or getting civilly sued or having your life taken just because you you're damned if you do damned if you don't no it i've got in like i said i've been doing this 12 13 years i got into this job to help people right and to uphold the constitution state and federal um to me i'm actively trying to find another avenue even though i'm halfway to retirement because I don't agree with what's going on. Like, to me, there's there's no winning in this situation. And I've had a lot of friends say, I'll just stick it out, man, we can do it. But there's a point in time where you've got to stand up for what's right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, and, and, and I'm kind of the same boat. So, so getting to that, the defund the police thing. Obviously, nobody here at this table agrees with with defund the police. Even Antifa himself over here, Mister, you know, paint your name on the wall, you know, <laughs> MacBook Pro guy, uh, iPod man, Stephen. Um, Probably has a. He doesn't. He doesn't have a microphone. We moved his microphone from. Um, no, but I think everybody here agrees. You know, defund the police. That's not a. That's not a thing. And, I, and I'm not a big government guy. I, I'm, no, I'm, I'm totally against. Yeah. You know, big government. I really don't like the police force as it is now as a whole i don't think i think we criminalize a lot of things that shouldn't be criminalized right. but what should we do uh what do y'all think and i know heat you and i've talked about this in the past um uh but uh, you don't even need to defund the police necessarily they almost could defund themselves if we do just a couple of things can we talk a little bit about that oh yeah i'd love to you want to go first? Oh, is this Midnight yeah. Unicorn in yeah. <laughs> with the yeah. steel? It's like, so, whoa, 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 what's going on, guys? What's up? What's up? It's been a huge thing for me. Yeah. So. No, no, yeah I mean, me, I, me, me and Midnight have talked I mean, about for, this as well. Yeah. For, first off, I would like to, I'm going to start this off by saying that I would like to apologize for law enforcement. And I know all six of the listeners are on their seat. They're like, this is it. This is going to happen. He's going to straight, he's going to turn on. I would like to apologize for law enforcement because we have done this to ourselves. Absolutely. We have the 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 product that is on the street right now, we have done because there is little to no standard for for a line of work that has so much liability and requires so much responsibility, the standard that is in place is too low miserable it is it is absolute it is it is so low and and you're seeing it you're seeing you're seeing what that standard produces me and midnight unicorn are on the two opposite ends are on the two opposite ends of the spectrum here he he went in to the army whenever he was 18 like he was talking about went in kept going through deployments didn't have a chance to go to school I, on the other hand, I have a bachelor's degree and I have a master's degree. So I've got enough school for the both of us. Do I think do I think that I'm smarter than Matt? 
<laughs> do I think that I'm smarter than this guy? Because, you probably do because I, because I have because I have two degrees, and the answer the answer is no, and that goes back to what we were talking about earlier that you can't you can't test into a leadership position or you can't get into a leadership position based on pieces of paper that you have that says that you have acquired this much knowledge and this many credit hours. You only can when the system works. Now that the well, system's falling apart, for lack of a better word, we see it not working anymore. Yeah. And what happens to those guys with the that are the paper cowboys? What are they doing? They're right. starting to falter. They're like, oh, oh, God, we'll be your friend. Well, not, not only are they are they starting to falter, but the but the standard that's put in place keeps them in place. You have because got, it is you, no standard. The, go ahead. Yeah, let him go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's all right, guys. So I was talking to the. Uh, founder the co-founder of Sierra Whiskey Co John Scubus and uh I was letting him know when he was asking me hey man what what type of uh what type of skivvies do you like what kind of underwear do you like I said bro I'm gonna be honest I don't wear underwear right um keeps the wife happy keeps the boys happy uh everything's nice and cool down there it's a lot easier to take a piss when you're wearing kit and uh and he's like dude let me send you some stuff so you can try out we've got some uh we got some specialized underwear to go under kit they're super silky they're great, and guess what, fellas? The wife loves them. She's like, just walk around the house in those. So I feel like I'm a, I'm now an object of desire for my old lady. So, dudes, I would go ahead and encourage you to pick up a pair of these underwear, the Undertack underwear from Sierra Whiskey Co. What's also nice about them is they got a little pocket on them that you can put cuff key, razor blade, money in, uh, in the band. They thought these things out well, and they're not bulky. Uh, they're nice and clean, and uh, again, the way the front flap works, it makes it super easy so you don't get the frank before the beans or something uh, when you go to zip up your pants. Guys, going over to sierrawhiskeyco.com. That's S-I-E-R-R-A whiskeyco.com. Type in TSI10 for 10% off anything they have. Take a look at it, Sierra Whiskey Co., 10% off. Type in TSI10. Tell them TSI sent you. There's a lot of us, everybody at this table, like has probably been in a fight when they were a kid. There's multiple people in law enforcement now that have never been in any kind of physical altercation whatsoever. I, you know. That's people's heads blowing up who are not in law enforcement. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. So the first thing what's going to happen if somebody gets punched in the face and never been punched in the face before, it's like the old Mike Tyson thing, you know. They're going to freak out. They're not going to know what to do. They don't physically train. There's, it's the what we talked about the other day. There, it's the vapor the, lock and die. Well, that too, but the minimum standard. Yeah, yeah. The the the, the minimum standard. I don't. Th- every time I tell somebody this, they look at me in total disbelief. Like I've literally done a David Copperfield magic, magic <laughs> trick in my hand. I mean, the look yeah. on their face is just like. I mean, it is total. Nobody realized that in the state of Alabama, you have to take a PT test one time to get your APOS certification. And never do it again. And then you can work 25 more years. never do it again. You mean to tell me in a job where if I go on any police department website and look at job requirements and says I'm going to have to run, jump, or I'm going to have to possibly be in a physical altercation with somebody, that I don't think that physical fitness requirements might be important? And going back to what you're talking about, defund the police, everybody's wasting their time sitting there saying, hey, how, you know, what, the budget, how can we cut their budget? Let me tell you something. You want to cut a police department? You want to cut the amount of people on the street? You go in and administer a PT test tomorrow, guaranteed it, it can minimum be, 25% of your department. It can be the minimum gone. standard PT test. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. It could yes. be the APOS PT test. Yes. 25% of your department gone. And we're talking about to perform on the hour. We're talking list. about APOS because we're in Alabama, but this is this is nationwide. You know, no. every, this is this nationwide. Each state is They're, almost the yeah. same. That's right. Then if I Very wanted, similar. Then if I wanted to get rid of more of them, I would turn around the next day and I'd be like, everybody be back here at 8 o'clock. Bring your weapon systems. And everybody that doesn't shoot an 80 or higher is going home. Which is in Alabama, 70 or higher. Yeah. That's the standard. Seven yeah, year higher. That's the minimum. Yeah. I, minimum. I, I, minimum did, I did 10 points higher than the minimum standard. I said, you got to shoot 80% or higher. Well, that would definitely 100%. If I only got 25% the first time. Which means you can miss, oh, miss 10 shots completely? Is that is that it? Yeah, you don't even have to hit a round from the 25. Yeah. <laughs> I could literally just sit there and, and with my magazine in my hand and flick the rounds out on the ground and then shoot the rest of the course and pass the course. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. So and so and, and so so if I only got twenty five percent the first day, I'm gonna clean out that other twenty five percent the second day. So now I've reduced my police force by fifty percent the first and the second day. And I've so, heard. Go ahead, man. Sorry. Oh. I've heard several different podcasts, people and stuff talking about it, and they've had a lot of good points. I think Joe Rogan had a really good one and with Jocko. And they brought they up like eight listeners on theirs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've had a they brought up a lot of good points too though. However, the one thing that they didn't bring up is the fact that the community has a responsibility as well. Oh, absolutely. Stop calling the police for your neighbor and their dog barking. Like I'm not kidding, like you'd be surprised how many times we get calls about the the most no. nonsensical I feel like thing I, in the world. I feel like every time I go to work I felt like every time I go to work, I was because I leave my house and I left my kid. And every time I go to work, I feel like I've got another thirty kids that I'm trying to raise because people are like, "Well, they just they just keep back talking me." And I'm like, "You're there." I'm like, "I'm some stranger. I'm some stranger coming in, t- trying to tell this child." Oh, you're actually getting called to deal with people's kids. Yeah, oh yeah, called to yeah. deal with. And I'm tr- I'm I'm this stranger that your kids never met, and you're like. Tell them they need to eat their green beans. And I'm like, I don't, Johnny, eat your green beans. And he's like, no. Well, yo, just take him. Just take him. Well, where am I going to take him? It's not against the law for him not to eat his green beans. And this is not a joke from, <laughs> no, like, I've no. worked at several agencies, and now the, the heat is working at a different one as well. Like, this happens across the board, like, where people it's, call us. What kids, the youngest one I've gotten to call on was six. That's what, you You don't even, you don't even, uh, like, the juvenile won't even, a juvenile detention center won't even accept a six year old. No. They gotta be like 13. Yeah. And so, and so that's what, that's another thing is help us out. Yeah. And don't put us in the administration, the administration puts the guys on the street in bad positions. The public puts people on the street in bad positions. And every time you get that, it never fails whenever somebody's like, hey, don't, you know, shouldn't y'all be out there catching somebody that's like raping or murdering somebody? Number one, yes, I would love to do that. Do you know where those people are? And That's why always, I got into this job yeah, in the first place. And it's, it's always no. And the, the second thing is I can't because I'm trying to get this chihuahua to stop barking at this miniature pony up here in this enclosed area. Yeah. So, no, because, I don't, I don't because have Because you I don't keep have calling time. me on yeah, it. I don't, ha- I, don't, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. Or somebody, or somebody's splitting up and they won't let them get their favorite golf jacket out of the house. So I can't look for a rapist or a murderer because I'm up there handling that stuff. And that is a majority until you get into a specialized fo- you know, focus unit that's only focused on a couple of different things, whether it's criminal investigations or narcotics or fugitive recovery um, or, or training, or you go to another division. That is a majority of a patrol shift right there. Yep. A majority, everybody's like, man, you're a cop. I bet it's crazy. I mean, not really. You know, whenever they're talking, whenever they're talking about, hey, we're just going to get social workers to do police jobs. Hey, I got OJT. I pretty much got a social work degree. I got one. Yeah. Because that's all it is. It's going to people's houses. It's talking to them about their problems. Most of the time, they're not really they're they're significant to the people that you're talking to. But in the in the reality, in the big scheme of things, they're not. It, they're not. They're not significant. Hey, man. I just called y'all over here because, you know, I can't believe that she she burned the ramen noodles. What? Yeah, man, our dinner's burned. Hey, man, you know that there's a grocery store in, like, Bojangles, like, five five miles down the road? Yeah, but she burned the ramen noodles. But that's what? the thing, though. It's like something that trivial can ter- turn into something so deadly in the matter of seconds. Yeah. And yeah. it's happened, like, several times. Like, and that's, like, I'm a huge proponent of, you know, stop calling us. However, if you're going to put unarmed people in a situation where they can do anything, like enforcement-wise, it's a recipe for disaster. Like, no. Well, a- absolutely. Well, you better have some flipping pipe hitters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have a bunch of unarmed dudes, you like, know, yeah. like like out in, uh, or or you better expect them to do nothing. Like you said, if they're going to be in a an enforcement position, they they need to be armed. If they're if Otherwise, just don't be an enforcement position like what you see over in Europe. I see U.S. law enforcement if if these liberal idiots who are, are taking control of our political system continue to to 
to take control and stay in charge. I see what you see if you were to go to London or whatever, mm-hmm. and you see just the little guys with the whistles. They got the little baton, and they, they don't have a, a vehicle they can drive around in. They don't have their little mm-hmm. oppression mobile to go from house to house and oppress people, right, uh, like everybody thinks. that. No, that basically, at that do. point, all you're relying on is the goodness of humanity to stop and yeah. do what you're saying. Hey, you know, hey, would you please pull over so that I can write you this? How many, how many people, and, and, and not only that, the what uh what city was it was it Berkeley California that they were planning on doing that, but they were gonna put yeah. the but they were gonna put the individuals in a marked car that had a radar and, and lights and sirens, yeah. which sounds a lot like the police. You, they're just yeah. not gonna have guns. Yeah. Okay. So that it it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. So you mean to tell me that you're gonna you're gonna put an unarmed person in a car, just like I mean it would be it it's, it would be like making park it would be like letting parking enforcement get out here on a major highway and stop a car. They're enforcing the law. They're they're police. They're policing you. You're speeding. Stop. Okay, with my little yellow and green lights. Stop. And my traffic vest. Here's your citation. You just got policed. The only difference is you got policed by a person with no gun. Would you stop? No, heck no, I would. Right. Yeah, yeah, no. So now what's the I'm pursuit go on, policy? And then, and then I'm going to, oh, there is no pursuit policy. <laughs> I'm mean, uh, shutting this down. Yeah, you're not going to you're not gonna catch me. So then who are you going to find? Say that again. So who who would you like ticket or fine or whatever else? If, oh yeah, you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to, to do that except anybody, for the is, owner of the vehicle. Yeah, which, which is, is a slippery slope because yeah. anybody you can can't drive prove it. it. Yeah, right. you can't prove well, that they're in the vehicle. Yeah. And and in the United States of America, that becomes difficult to do because of the U.S. Constitution and state constitutions and the way they're written, which means they have to change that entire system as well if you start going to a social worker type policing in quotation marks. And the last thing with that is. Okay, perfect. Send a social worker to somebody's house to talk with them about their problems or to talk with their 17-year-old son or 18-year-old son, and all of a sudden this dude – because the only social workers I know, by the way, are chicks. I don't know any dude social workers. I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure there's plenty of them out there. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying the social workers that I personally know, if I was to name off some right now, I'm thinking of five right now. They're all I, females. Yeah, I don't know any guys. I mean, they're I'm, all young females. To, to, they're all in their early twenties, right? To, to be honest with you, that's in my opinion, that's another group that is it that is that is at a disadvantage. They have little to no resources, and really, their hands are tied as far as what they can do as well. But a lot, but a lot of that is working with law enforcement to determine if there's any type of criminal activity. Is there criminal activity yeah, going on? Is there criminal activity going on? And the social worker gets there and they come up with the plan and they try to help the family get to where they can actually, you know, whether it's a child or whatever, they they get with the family. The other thing is this: if you want, and and, and going back to the law enforcement standard, but if you want cops to stop shooting unarmed people, then don't have it where you have where you have to pass a physical test one time to get certified as a police officer, and then I never have to pass another standardized physical fitness start, test again. Start hiring pipe hitters as that's, police. That, well, yes. That's what's happening is these guys are getting in altercations. They're scared, just like Midnight Unicorn said, because they've never been punched in the face, and it scares them. And they're like, man, if I don't get this guy, I'm not even doubting that the, that 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 police officer is and, scared. And for those people that think there's a level of training that can take that from, there is not. No, you're either no. that person or you're not that person. No, right? I, there, there are plenty of people out there. It, it's a, it, I guess the system that's used in the state of Alabama is either SSGT or or PPCT. I don't. Yeah, even. SSGT PPCT. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, so that is so that is the. I guess uh, the mechanical advantage control hold system that is taught, which is basically garbage. Ha- yeah, which is basically mm-hmm. how to control, um, you know, how to control a suspect whenever they actively resisting. They don't want to go into handcuffs, whatever the case may be. If you tie up with a legitimate person, and you try to you try to maintain or you try to gain control of them with this stuff and they do any type of physical activity or they have any type of conditioning or any type of strength, it doesn't work. I have never, I have never been able to do like a PPCT move in an altercation and be like, dang man, that really worked. Like that was good stuff. No, yeah, no, No, because it doesn't. And and it's not, I'm not saying, and it just, it basically just results to you going to the good old fashioned where you're just wrestling around with somebody, and if my conditioning level is better, basically what happened ninety eight percent of the time they're just like, man, I don't want none. 
I don't. Well, and, and and it's funny you say that, you know, and and you've got a lot of jujitsu guys out there. And I think I love jujitsu. Jujitsu is great. Yeah. I think it's it's one thing to use. I've heard Jocko talk about jujitsu. A hundred thirty pound chick yeah. can tie up a you know two hundred pound dude. And whereas that is mildly true, maybe on the mat or in the ring, the fact of the matter is, is brute force. Yeah, it's Jocko's like a two hundred thirty pound dude, by the way. Yeah. For the, I mean, he's he's plus, not a small dude. Plus, he has skills. Yeah, plus he has skills. So. Brute strength with mild skills and mild wind generally wins the fight. I've never seen any of the welterweight or lightweight or whatever it is UFC fighters, uh, the featherweights, get in and try to fight Brock Lesnar. Why? Because brute strength coupled with just a hair of skill is always going to win. Well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, a lot of the bad guys out there that you're dealing with, like the real bad guys, they have at least a little bit of skill. They've been in a fist fight yeah, or two. they got a little bit of both. Yeah, they've, they've got a little bit of that. They're, so, they're used to fighting. Yeah, because they, they fight. They yeah. fight, they run. I mean, they. so you've got to have an individual who is prepared for that because if you don't have an individual who's prepared for that, what's the first thing you're going to go to? A baton, a taser, a gun. Why? Because you just put a guy who's never been in a fist fight, who doesn't prepare for fist fights, who arguably doesn't even like confrontation. Or doesn't work out. Or doesn't work out at all in a situation. I mean, that's a simple thing, working out. In a situation to where now he now he's stressed out and he fears for his life. And what have you told him? If you fear for your life, you can use your gun. Yep. And so what's he do? And that's the only thing that he's that he's thinking of. That lack of the physical conditioning, there's only one thing running running through his mind and that's oh my gosh, I'm about to die. It's not, hey man, I don't let this I don't need to let this guy get on my back. Hey, I'm controlling him right now. Hey, I'm He's got, just trying to catch his breath. That's right. He's like he's like, man, this guy is one hundred percent about to kill me. I don't even know where he's at. And like I said, is it's not, hey, we're okay. Dude just punched me in the mouth. I think I'm bleeding a little bit. It's fine. We're rolling around. We're on the ground. Don't let him get my back. Don't let him get control of any of my weapons. Hey, I'm on his back right now. Kind of take a little break. You know, get some oxygen flow in there. But you can't think about that if there's a lack of physical conditioning. And that that is the failure of law enforcement right there. Yeah. And it's the it's failure of law enforcement leadership. Now let's take it to this next level. Leadership who can't do this. I'm not talking about an older guy who, you know, like, you know his background. And it's like, hey, this guy, he's not out working a beat anymore. But nobody wants to follow or work under somebody who has never done that. And yet law enforcement is full of it. Well, it's the whole thing from the military. Well, We've all got some type of military background, so, but it's a lead by example. Yeah, exactly. Super easy. So, yeah. not to jump, jump in front of you real quick, but I was talking to my mom, who is 70, and it was in the military for four years as a Vietnamese linguist. Um, she got in, I think, in the early 70s, right as Vietnam was getting out. And she could not believe that we as police officers – do not freaking take a PT test every year. It's like you did a magic trick, right? It's my mom that she couldn't believe. My mom, yeah, who's seventy. No, and it's and 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 uh, like he said, I mean, I think most people, right? Your mom, who's seventy, doesn't believe. Most people, you know, wouldn't wouldn't believe that that's the case. I mean, that is a that is, and, and it's it was unbelievable to me when I first got into law enforcement back in twenty thirteen or whatever it was. I went through the academy after I uh, got out of the teams. Very disappointing and time for you, wasn't it? It was very disappointing time. Yeah. <laughs> I had a buddy going through through green team at the time. He'd call me, he'd call oh, me and say, man. "Hey, what are you doing?" And I'm going through the academy. And I'd be like, yeah. "How hard? How hard is what you're doing?" He's like, "It's hard." That. My mind was not yeah. that hard. It was it was a joke. But you know, you'd have you know guys who were teaching at the at the police academy who who had never really policed. No, you know that. And, and and that was mind-boggling to me, um, and 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 I know it has to be to other people. So uh, on the whole, obviously we know you're going to listen to our leadership podcast that we've done in the past, and we've gone way over on this one. We had a lot to cover. We're at probably about an hour, fifteen minutes or so, um, and and we're going to do this again. We're going to talk about this uh, probably in a in a couple more weeks, and we're gonna we're gonna let the podcast run, and we're gonna do another you know forty, sixty, hour and twenty however long it takes to hash some of this stuff out as we see it materializing. But one of the biggest issues that we're seeing across the board is one leadership. I started off with leadership in the Christian community, but now we've transitioned over to leadership in the law enforcement community. And even in the military community is leadership has set the stage for what's going on. And it's leadership now that's currently like, Oh God, what do we do? Backpedaling and trying to figure out Mm -hmm. whose butt do we need to kiss to make everything. Okay. There is no butt kissing that's going to make it okay. No, it's because when you care about yourself and not your people, 
then that's what happens. That's exactly think, what happens. That's right. Well, whenever we're going back to leadership and whether it's Christian leadership, the problem that I have with Christian leadership is that at some point in time, there were people that were like, look, man, we need to have leaders in place that are going to follow the strict teachings of the Bible because don't fool yourself. Whenever you find salvation in Jesus Christ, it is you're not going from a hard life to an easy life. You're going from a hard life to a harder life. That's right. Because there is so much restrict there's so much restriction on your life at that point of things that you can't do. And it creates and it, it, it literally it creates a battle inside you between your 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 spirit and your flesh. Yeah, yeah, your spirit and your flesh. It's it's terrible. It's horrible. There are times whenever I battle that I got things going on inside me whenever those things are fighting and it's bad. I mean, it's bad. You're you're trying to figure out which one you're trying to figure out which one to follow and depending on your level of commitment to the flesh or to the spirit is which one that you're going to choose. The problem with the with evangelical leadership is throughout history we have gradually accepted mediocrity in the people that we have chosen to back. And that that can be – and what I'm talking about is a guy like Donald Trump. Do I agree with a lot of the policies that Donald Trump has? I do. I think that he makes good – I 100% do. Trump yeah, 2020. Yeah, I think that he makes good <laughs> political decisions. Do I think that Donald Trump is a faithful follower and believer in God? Do I think that he believes in the same God that I do? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think that it's more along the lines of – he he did what he had to do to get backed by the evangelical community so that he could get that support so that he could get elected president. I'll cut. I'll, I'll, I'll say this real quick about that. It's funny you mentioned that. I told this to a Christian the other day. He's the first president that I know of that in my lifetime that I remember who did not who hasn't claimed to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump has never come out that I've heard uh, or and anybody else that I can find and has claimed to be a born again follower of Christ. He hasn't claimed it. Every single president that I can remember. As a from his kid all the way from Bush Senior all the way to to Obama, all claimed to be Christians. And I remember, and even going back and looking at some video clips, I I, I see what they did, and I'm like, yeah, man, that's not very Christian like. I mean, I'm looking at it because it says we'll know them by their fruits. But I will tell you that Donald Trump, looking at the Trump administration, looking at what he's done, he hasn't claimed to be a Christian. But if I was just to sit back and at face value over the last four years, what Trump has done, mm-hmm. the fruits, the things he's backed, the things he stood for. I would say hey, that one's that one's probably a Christian, and that's just me. Now I'm just mm-hmm. saying the last four years I'm, I'm talking about their presidency. I'm not talking about anything you've seen throughout their life um, up into this. Uh, I'm just talking about the presidency as you look at George Bush Senior, Clinton, uh, George Bush Junior, Obama, and now Trump. The only one who I would argue has consistently shown fruits in their life that I would argue. Uh, exude, hey, that guy's a Christian, it would be Donald Trump. The rest of them claim to be a Christian, but nothing they did seemed very yeah, but Christian-like. The, the snake has a tongue as well. Well, that's true. Yeah. And so, and so, But anyway, going back to the point is we've done a poor job of demanding Christian, uh, demanding what we know ought to be Christian leadership. We've done yeah. a poor job of that. And I think that right now that we're we're reaping the rewards of we're paying for it yeah we're paying for it and that's a big deal because you as, as you see it right now whether it's local government whether it's state government whether it's federal government you're electing more and more individuals that not that not necessarily are you know you know deny christ but at the same time like you're talking about you can see the way that they live and you can see the way that they react to things and like you're saying like it just doesn't add up i don't care if they're republic democrat independent whatever the case may be the way the things that I'm seeing don't add up to what I know to be a fruit of salvation is, or the fruits of salvation. That's right. So, and you see that you see the you see the same thing in law enforcement, not only from the Christian perspective, because there's a lot of guys, there's a lot of guys in law enforcement that'll claim that they know God, and then there's a lot of guys in law enforcement that's like, hey man, you know, I know God, I got a Bible, I read my, that's fine, that's all, that's, but all that stuff. That doesn't mean anything if you don't believe what's in the Bible and you don't live by what's in the Bible. You don't believe the person Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm not, the way, the truth, and the, the life. Bi- the Bible and salvation is not a hall pass. It's not. Yeah. A, it, it's not a pass for you to justify making worldly decisions and then 
and then abusing the grace of God where you're like, hey, I'm making these decisions, but I got I got the ace in the hole. I got God in my corner. Every time I make a bad decision, man, that dude's going to come. And he's well, and on, the secular, and on the secular side with law enforcement, you got a lot of guys who say they're for justice in quotation marks, mm-hmm. but nothing they do actually shows that they're for justice. A picture's worth a thousand words. Mm-hmm. Nothing they do is for justice. It actually seems like just the opposite. No, you're just for whatever's going to keep you in a paycheck and keep you in some sort of power, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, it's... I've seen it time and time again, but it's what I say is good for me, but not for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's it's easy to say something, but not do it. Well, so, and, and it's funny as this will be the last story I I tell of a buddy of mine, law enforcement officer in New Jersey, said when they're doing this magazine ban in New Jersey, and I'm like, dude, that's this is a magazine ban. Like uh like what? down to a ten round or an eight oh, round okay, magazine okay. or something. Say no thirty round magazines. So they're doing this back a year or two ago, and they're doing this. I'm like, they banned Southern Living. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got confused. So well, they're they're starting to burn. So I don't. Well, know. Well, I mean, who knows? That could you, you can't know. buy Commando anymore yeah. at Publix. So with <laughs> with that said, he's like he's like yeah, man, they're gonna take it. Like nobody could have them. Cops, anybody. You can only have them if you're a, a law enforcement agency could have them, but you couldn't have them as off duty cop. And he called me, and I was. I was like, man, this is terrible. You know, y'all, I'll be praying for y'all. Whatever. He called me back and said, hey, no, man, we're good. We're good. And I said, oh, did they do away with that whole thing? I said, so everybody's going to be fine. Magazine, go, well, no, no, no. I mean, they're still moving forward with the magazine ban, but but law enforcement officers can keep them. I said, don't you ever call me with that flipping crap again. It's terrible. That's, that is terrible. That's that. And, and, and what you're saying is exactly that, you know. Well, it's good for me, but it's not good for you. It's, right. it's a double standard. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's oftentimes what we see with a lot of law enforcement. Yep. Guys, change your heart, change your mind, get out and get another job. Because what you've done historically, really over the last 30 or 40, well, probably 50 years since the early 70s, you've ruined it for all the guys who worked their tail off, the wide herps of the world, who really did fight crime and fight bad guys mm-hmm. um, and, and make a name for law enforcement officers in, in the United States of America. Yeah. I, I, I'm a big believer in... I think that it's it's become about numbers. Hey, I got to have this this many people to fill this many slots. Whenever you could do probably a better job with half that many people that are working and they're having to adhere to a higher standard, better quality workers. Yeah, yeah. that's right. You're gonna have a better quality work product if you have less individuals that are of higher quality. Um, but the same thing too is if with any other job, if you want the highest quality people, you got to pay them. Well, yeah. No. Yeah, no. yeah. Now, now we're getting into a whole nother round. That's a different podcast. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. we'll bring that up next time. Oh, Pay yeah. for law enforcement officers when you're paying yeah. dudes twelve dollars an hour, fifteen dollars an hour, twenty dollars yeah. an hour. You know, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year, and expecting to get a guy who is making a decision, uh, make a life or death decision, you might need to get, uh, pay somebody to do a higher quality person. Also have higher quality training across the board and standards. I told told somebody the other day, could you imagine getting medical care if the doctor only made $27,000 a year? And had three months of training. Yeah. Yeah, or less. And and only had to take one test a year. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. you don't pay in in a field that's as high liability as the medical field. You don't pay doctors $27,000 a year. Midnight, you have anything? Treat people with love, man. That's really all you can do. Heat. Trump 2020. Yeah.